0: Yeah, I feel like it's it's pretty difficult to kind of like set it up the same way. <laughs> right, and like we're not going to like um, react
1: like the same way, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, let me tell you a story.
1: <laughs> it, ra- it rained yesterday, which reminds me of a story. Which reminds
0: <laughs> me of my garden.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Idea Lemon is proud to bring to you its Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rajiv Nathan. As always, I am alongside Martin McGovern. This is the Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast, the conversation show where every episode we sit down with entrepreneurs, musicians, creatives, and just interesting and cool people to get the voices out of our head and help us explain who we are and how we present ourselves in the world around us. This episode is our part two with Lisa Russell, co-founder of Pitch Training Camp. If you missed the part one, go back one episode and check it out. In this one, we're continuing the exploration around how do you put yourself out there? And as a reminder, Pitch Training Camp helps entrepreneurs and founders better pitch their businesses so that they can raise venture capital, attract new customers, and wow the crowd. Before we get going, I want to let you guys know that you should head over to idealemon.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. Join our tribe. It's where we take conversations like what you're going to hear today and explore them even further. All right. All that said, let's dive right into it. Now, this is part two of our conversation with Pitch Training Camp's Lisa Russell, where we explore how do you put yourself out there. Let's listen in. I think this is like a comedy of errors, almost, that we put this podcast together about how do you put yourself out there, and we talk about in recording one, or, you know, the first part that we did get recorded of this, how it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, you can, you can, it can be good enough, or you can just throw something out there and see if it works or not, and then that legitimately, like, happens to us, you know, we start this (laughs) podcast, we start reaching out to people, we reach, we reach out to you, and, We know things aren't, you know, we don't have a fancy studio or whatever, but we're like, oh no, it's good enough. And then it ends up like, you
1: know, exactly, totally backfired. Yeah.
0: But like, what was that? What was that that you said? (laughs) Uh, Oh, it doesn't have to be perfect. Here you
1: go.
2: Maybe we should invest in
1: some backups.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's also like, you know, I think, but it goes to show, it's not the worst thing in the world if things go wrong. And, it also lends itself to like kind of knowing your audience. Like when it happened, like when we realized after the fact that the whatever the computer froze and we lost those last twenty minutes, we were like shit. But then we were also like, but at least it's cool. So well, <laughs> my, my face when when fine. it
1: like when we looked at the screen, it had the spinning pinwheel of death. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, we were, no. and we were still finishing our closing remarks, and I was like, this one. Doesn't look like it's going away. And <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah,
0: you're, like, you're like, maybe if I don't look at it, it'll... it'll
1: <laughs> exa- that's exa- <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I Yeah, I turned off the screen. No, it was... Oof. <laughs> well,
2: we'll then my idea it. was let's just close the computer and open it back up. and See what happens. Yeah, and, and, it, and it did, in fact, stop the pinwheel, but then it also lost that last, that last uh, segment <laughs> of the recording. Such is growth.
0: Right, all right. Here we are again then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but but no, but I think it's I think it's interesting though when we talk about those things like, oh, what happens if something goes wrong? Well, A, like, you know, this would have been different. Not that you're not important, but like if you were President Obama or something like that, it would be a little bit different. <laughs> but
1: is, is that one of your goals to have President Obama? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll just do the impression of him. <laughs> yeah, as no, as no, as it's me oh. interviewing it's just,
2: myself. Yeah, it's you and yourself. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be different if it was like that or like the Dalai Lama. But in most instances, we're not interviewing those types of people, or we're not having conversations. With... We're
1: interviewing awesome people who are very understanding. Exactly. Very nice, and <laughs> you know,
2: it's like people, like like you know, when I called you, I I left that voicemail, and then I think we talked a few minutes later, or however later after I left the voicemail for you, and we were kind of able to like laugh about the fact that
0: it yeah, was,
1: you know, it was a fuck up and.
2: Yeah, you know, it just kinda of gives us another opportunity to talk. Well and it does
1: open the Yeah, it opens the door to the question which we didn't explore during the first part, which is what happens when putting yourself out there? goes
0: horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that's yeah. going to happen for everyone yeah. at some point, right? I mean, it, it's it's a legitimate concern, but it's also it can't be the priority like going end everything is like, oh, what happens if this goes wrong? Cuz then you'll just like you'll you'll hold yourself back and so it's just the wrong way to approach things always and you just have to know that hopefully the people that you're surrounded by don't mind how things go and don't mind, you know, playing along and, you know, seeing things through to the end I, I i don't know i feel like it's better to just not worry about it and if it happens just go back and you know fix it like we are now
2: yeah i, yeah, I think a big part of that is is admitting mistakes or like you know it's, yeah, it's not, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't try to like mask it or anything i was like hey here's what happened like the software we had froze up us. we bought
1: a really cool <laughs> voice software that mimics people's voices <laughs> and this is all made up yeah <laughs>
2: you know, but i didn't, you know, we didn't like try to like um, blame it or i mean you know we didn't try to make up something that didn't happen or whatever or say like oh so and so happened like we just told you what actually happened and you're like okay yeah. well,
0: that's well, cool well own owning it and like not taking it personally like cuz the fact that the computer you know lost part of the recording is like zero reflection on either of you and like your ability to you know host this podcast or anything so it's like i think the biggest problem is if people put themselves out there they become so vulnerable and like don't have the way of you know separating that from their own identity, like oh, if this messed up, it's my mess up. I'm a failure, um, and no, like we all wear it different ways. And luckily, this time around, you know, you guys are just like, yeah, this happened, no big deal. Like it's it's, it's zero reflection on you, and and just similarly on the topic, it's like we all have to just kind of put ourselves out there and uh, know that if we mess up, it's it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think I'm, I'm not sure what conversation we might have been having recently that kind of brought this up, but separating what happened from the person who, who it happened to. So a lot of people will, um, you know, there'll be situations where someone will have a different political belief than you or something like that. And in a lot of situations, people think that person is a bad person because they believe this thing. But really, it's more so, um, it's just that idea that they grew up with in their environment. It's not that person, right? Yep. So just because someone maybe differs in their beliefs and you were as part of this religion or this political system or whatever it is, um, maybe this is a podcast i listened to. Uh, I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. But the idea being um, it's less about that issue that you guys are talking about and more about them identifying with their family and the political views of their family mm. or their history or their environment or something much larger than any one particular issue. Um, exactly. And so you need to be able to separate the individual conversation you're having from who that person actually is and what, what their their personality is. And that's how you have marriages with, you know, these like celebrity politicians who have widely radically different views. But they yeah. can work because they separate the politics from the personal. Mm
0: absolutely and and not just with politics i mean it's just in general it's people people carry beliefs based on their own personal you know experiences and visions and you know things that they have perceived and so it's just you know you you can't drive that or change people's minds about their own life experiences and what became important through that for sure i mean it, it, politics is just one of those like Obviously, one of those topics we all want to avoid in, in, <laughs> yeah. in random scenarios, but it's such a great example because, you know, politics and religion, it's like everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has their own, you know, driving factors. And generally, it's not – it's it's most often not a full circle view. It's a couple key, you know, um, I guess a couple key, like – Passion items, um, topics, issues that really drive the decision or the or which side you're on, and it's just those key you know experiences in life that cause those issues to be important to you. That's going to drive every one of those decisions going forward. Um, so yeah, you you can't judge people just based on one. I identify with this party or this religion or this you know um, group. Any, anywhere in life, it's a, yeah, that's that's a very dangerous mindset to go about life with.
2: I feel like that would be, like, a fun, like, dating site or something or a dating service where you get paired up with someone on a date, but the only three things you're allowed to talk about are, like, politics, religion, and sex.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody would get anywhere. <laughs> Or
2: you'd have, like, you'd know,
1: like, your lifelong match right away. True. <laughs> well, that was, like, my convers- Um, I wanted to create networking events based around Cards Against Humanity because you get to actually know the people quickly and you get past all the BS. Based on how horrible they are. Yeah. Like, I see who you are. I yeah. see who
0: you really
1: are. <laughs> I know we can either work together or we can't because you won't say things or you will say yeah. things that will aggravate me. You're like, yeah. look,
0: you look across the table and you're like, did she laugh? Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> We're on the same page. We can work together. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: That's amazing. Well, even on, um, I I think what would be a funny question to explore, though, you know, we brought up this whole kind of take-two thing happened because, you know, the pinwheel of death came on the computer, which is on the Macs. Literally the pinwheel shows up when it's freezing. So do we all have a real-life pinwheel of death moment where we felt like in limbo in the midst of being out at something or feeling like we were putting ourselves out there? Where we were like, "Oh, what's happening?"
0: Oh God, I have yeah. a horrible
1: one. But Lisa, I, go
0: first. I would say personally, um, and maybe this is a, a bigger pinwheel um, than you're you're requesting, but <laughs> it's, I feel like when I, you know, when I moved out to LA, it was such. A, Everything was just kind of like, what is going on? When is this going to work out? Like, where, you know, when am I going to reprioritize my life? Like, um, when you sh- shuffle locations and, you know, your support system and your employment, and all of that at one time, like, everything is up in the air. And so you don't really know what's up or down. And you don't really know, like, what your daily routine is again. And, like, you know, who do I call when I want to have, you know, go out and have a drink? Who do I, like, you know, what do I do whenever I'm like feeling angry? Do I go for a run here? Like, you know, it's like everything just kind of gets thrown off course. And, um, I feel like for the first couple of months for sure, I just felt like every day I got up and it was kind of like pinwheel spinning. And I was like, I like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I don't know what's important. I don't know what matters to me. Like, I don't know who I am right now. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it took me a couple of months to re kind of like find a rhythm and you know a new um I don't want to say like a new identity because definitely I still am me but like you know it, it, to, to find a comfort in who I was and who I was still in LA and like what that looked like to me and you know what things felt like and um until I found that you know there were probably several months where every day I just wake up and just be like I don't really know what I want to do or what I'm supposed to be doing or like what's important right now and, um, and and it's kind of like a horrible thing particularly for like overly ambitious people. I'm am, I'm very ambitious and just used to doing a ton of things and um, in that moment I was just kind of, you know, I started to question myself like oh, like I feel like I should be doing 50 more things that I'm doing right now and I should have like a plate pool of like a list of things that I'm behind on and because I was so used to being in that scenario and um, yeah, so pinwheel just for months here until I kind of figured out the new rhythm. <laughs>
2: so so what did you do? so. So it that's almost the sounds pinwheel like a garden would be a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
2: funny. Um, okay, so if that's the pinwheel moment. Then, what is the closing the MacBook and reopening it, and like getting back? Like, what what were the things that you did to to yeah. get out of the pinwheel? And, and yeah, is that a good is that a good continuation of the metaphor?
0: Of course, or? yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think in order for me to kind of get out of that, like lost you know, phase, um, I had to just like recommit to a project that I could just be 100% passionate about and just like really dive deep. And so that's, you know, when I decided to just really focus on pitch training camp and, um, unlike my usual self where I have a lot of things typically on my plate, I was, I told myself, I'm going to do this for one year, you know, completely focus on this and just try to, you know, see what I can create, you know, out of, when I'm just focusing on one thing. And so when I gave myself the permission to really focus and make that the priority, then I knew, you know, every day going forward, like, okay, here's what I can focus on. Here's what, you know, my challenge of the day, here's where I'm trying to head. And, um, I just had to personally decide that that was going to be the priority and give myself permission to, you know, focus on something that was my own project and rather than, you know, when I moved, I was like, okay, am I going to look for a job? Am I going to interview? Am I going to start a new company? Am I going to find new co-founders? Am I going to join a team? You know, so I had a lot of potential options and directions to go. Um, But yeah, no, so I, I picked a path and gave myself permission to pick a path that was, you know, putting my, you know, a lot more risky. It's, you know, putting faith in just myself. Um and no regrets to that. But then I also, you know, woke up every day saying, Okay, Lisa, <laughs> go do your thing that you told yourself you're gonna do and uh became accountable to myself and um you know all of a sudden that plate got full. <laughs> <laughs> naturally.
2: For me, mine mine is kind of similar to yours in that um so I, I left my job uh at the end of last year and You know, January is basically like a total like vacation month. Like I I was I was vacationing for pretty much most or at least half the month. And then like February I got like you know, my feet kind of back on solid ground again, I guess literally and figuratively. Um, and then I like after like a week I was like, Wait, what do I do with my time? (laughs) I had like no idea. And I, I legitimately I like one morning, I G-chatted Martin. I was like, hey, can we get lunch? And he's like, yeah. And then I, we get lunch, and I'm like, can you tell me what I'm supposed to do with my time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you, like, give me a goal or something? <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do.
0: Yeah, can you put something on my calendar? <laughs> yeah, and
2: it's one of those, like, this moment, you know, like, you come out of, like, quitting your job. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, the world is awesome. I'm going to do whatever I want. And then, like, you're given that opportunity to do whatever you want. And then you're like, wait, <laughs> It's both what refreshing do I and do? scary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, another episode of sign Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's interesting that you you do hit that, like, it, it's, it's like you have, like, you hit the high, but then, like, you you crash, and then you, like, you kind of level out after crashing, because um, you see that, like, you know, what you thought it was going to be, it's, it's rarely, like, what it actually is cracked up to be. Yeah. Or rarely actually is what it was cracked up to be. So yeah, so for me like February was this kind of like mental transition month where I was like, okay.
0: Well, it well, sounds like you also like took a step forward in terms of like putting yourself out there. You're like, okay, this is a transition period like and you got yourself mentally right by traveling, vacationing, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. r- refreshing and then it's like, okay, then you had the real chance to put yourself out there and it's like, oh, like but, but how? Why? Yeah. Where? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think I think what's interesting though, so that you know, that's like the pinwheel but then the the close the MacBook, reopen it moment was like If you listen back to some of our podcasts, like episode one and two, maybe, maybe even episode three, um, it sounds like we're just quoting Star Wars movies now, but, (laughs) but but (laughs) our podcast episodes one, two and three, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear me reference in those like things like, you know, I'm looking for a job or, you know, I'm, I, here's how my job search is going. But because I kind of went through that mental transition of February, I, I was able to realize that, you know, my, my open the MacBook moment was realizing I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, get another job kind of thing. I want to build my own thing, and I want to focus on Lemon and, and, the you know, what's kind of come out of that is having the mentality of, okay, this is what I want to focus on, and just really, like, hitting the ground hard with that and getting totally refocused on that, and then just in the meantime picking up some freelance gigs that allow me to... You know, they, they're only so many hours a week that they allow me to, you know, dedicate a lot of my time to Idea Lemon.
1: Yeah, well, and just from a, an observer, like you started more with your routine. You started with the daily routine, and then that allowed everything else to line up too. I don't know if that's maybe. Well, from what your are you i so It's like I'm you got your meditation. You're working out every day. Like you started. That's with, true.
2: Maybe those did actually. Like <laughs> those,
1: you started with the the daily routine, which then cleared up your mind enough to stop. Running back and forth between options and focus on any one thing. Yeah. So. Wait. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Wait, maybe helpful- meditation
2: actually did help with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course it did. Journaling and meditation. It's, it's funny. funny. I mean, not that I would say like ever say like meditation doesn't help, but I, I've, I've never thought like, do I have a tangible, you know, result from that so far? And I guess I do, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. One, one of the
0: one of the most powerful exercises that I've ever done was um, at the beginning of the year. Uh, a coach that I work with was kind of like, okay, we're going to plan out the entire year ahead. And and, in that moment, you're like, what? (laughs) Like, no, that's not happening. Like, that's not how things work. Um, But similar to you, it's like, once you find that schedule and you like put your intentions forward that way. So it's like, I knew that, for example, I knew I wanted to take off basically the entire month of September because I'm getting married in September. So I was like, done, like September's blocked off. I also knew that like, I wanted to make sure I had time to do yoga at least once a week so I like blocked off like Monday afternoons to do yoga and I just, so I like put that stuff in the calendar first and then I structured my webinars and my live events and everything around like mm. the things that I wanted to make sure happened for me in my life and normally business doesn't work that way normally you just kind of everything gets crammed in the calendar as you go but it was really a refreshing experience to say like oh it's very easy to see how everything can fit if you plan ahead and not to say that everyone's everything's going to stay on track, like certainly things get messed up, but like having that like intention-based calendar where it's like you get into a rhythm, you get into saying, okay, this is what I do on... On Mondays, like I feel meetings from Wednesday and work my way out so that I have longer weekends if I have free time. Like, you know, you do things like very strategically. And when you approach things differently, like that, and it has to do with a personal comfort and, and prioritize, like um, whether it's working out, meditation, what have you, like it just really changed the way I look at my calendar month to month and the way I book every week going forward now.
1: Feel the rhythm. Feel yeah. Rhythm. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that. What did you say? Intention-based scheduling, I think you yeah. said? That's when, a it really just, cool concept. It,
0: it, it's, just, it's just funny because I feel like often, I know we were joking about your uh, your calendar last time, Martin, was like how it's like there's so many events on there and you guys share calendars and you're like, you're not going to make it to everything, um, but it's, it, it's like if you put the things in there that are important, like meditation, working out, things like that, then they become just as important as everything else, and yeah.
1: And shockingly, this is the first week in many, many weeks, or years, whatever. Uh, (laughs) This is the only thing I have this whole week in the end. No shit. The (laughs) only thing. Amazing. All the way through, I Think no, I have your your thing on Saturday. Yeah, your, your, but that's fun. Yeah, that's, that's a concert. Exactly, and that's going out. Like, woo! <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it it is kind of crazy on both ends of the spectrum. One, because um, I remember years back when I did do the you know we did the quarters, and I was like, this quarter I'm going to focus on dancing or whatever, and I just every Thursday night uh, was a thing, and so I, I think it works both ways too. If, if what you need is a clear head. Uh, getting everything off your schedule could be a good idea for at least a reset, kind of how you did in September and how you did, uh, it, you know, when you took that first month off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, thinking back, I hope I've not told this story before um, on any of the other podcasts, but um, my, my pinwheel of death story was so horribly literal, as in I was frozen in speech in front of someone. Um, <laughs> I... Back in college. You had the beach ball on your nose. Yeah, like it was like I, you could have like had one of those like thingies <laughs> like, and it would have just, uh, it would have been terrible. But it, it was, I was taking this how to get a job seminar back at DePaul and we had uh, two teachers, Zephyr, uh, who we both know, and uh, Hank Rodkin, who's no longer with us. And Hank was uh, asking the class to do like their elevator pitch. And I raised my hand and I was like, oh, I'll do my elevator pitch and i gave it i don't even remember what it is today but uh he really liked it and he was like i know exactly who you should go talk to and he gives me the name of this guy uh bob killian who uh he's like all right set up a you know an informational interview or thing with this guy and i i decide uh to go home and research and the first thing i'm like that name sounds so familiar that name sounds so familiar i end up looking at my bookmarks on my computer and one of the bookmarks is Killian's website. And it's mm-hmm. this book, it's this list of books that he had recommended that my freshman year I had downloaded and had been slowly reading through all the books. And I was like, holy crap, I've been following this guy's company and career for years. And then I got really nervous. Yeah. And then I started over-researching. And by the time I actually got to it, because I didn't know if it was a job interview or an informational interview or what, what what it really was. And I was sitting there and I'd spent so much time reading this guy's articles and white pages and all these different things. That by the time I sat down, I didn't have any questions left. Um, And I wasn't so great at this stuff. That's why I was taking the seminar in the first place. And I remember he looks at me and he says, "Uh, so why are you here? And he was like really busy. You could tell he he had things to do. He's this big lumbering guy, kind of older and had his arms crossed, like just kind of dead face staring at me. And he just goes, so why are you here? And I was like, I gave a great elevator pitch and Hank told me to come meet you. And he goes, all right, give me the pitch. And of all the research I had done for the past, like, 48 hours, just straight, nonstop researching, I did not once practice the elevator pitch. Oh, wow. And I completely froze. And I, I tried to say it, and I stumbled. I was like, hi, my name's Martin. And uh, uh, and I just, it was terrible. I was like, can I start over? And I tried it again, and I froze. And I was like, and I had this lump in my throat, and he just looks at me, and he says, all right. <laughs> And it was like 15 minutes. <laughs> I like told him what my favorite commercial was. I got up. It took me longer to get to the informational interview than the informational interview was. And it was terrible. And so I, I always looked at that as like this awful day. And then four years later, I was sitting there one night and uh, with a friend. We were just kind of going through old stories from college. And he goes, you should just email that guy. And I just sat down and my opening the MacBook was literally, I opened my MacBook. <laughs> and I typed up an email saying, Thank you for the life lesson. Just said, you probably don't remember me. This is what happened. I want to say thanks. Hope things are well. And he writes back saying, "Uh, uh, great email subject line. (laughs) Uh, You apparently are okay at marketing. (laughs) I don't have any clue who you are. So don't worry about it. Uh, And I end up getting coffee with him having like a great three-hour conversation in Evanston. So (laughs) that was my awful to great experience with, with a pinwheel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you were holding pinwheels.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I mean, time. I always have a pinwheel on my forehead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <those situations>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know it's dark, but you just glow in this lane. But that girl, I'm going to sing, because she just
2: want to see me do my thing, the one I went in. I think I think the timing of this this re-recording is kind of interesting given the question is how do you put yourself out there and then Martin you just mentioned what's coming up this Saturday is is my show. So at least I don't know if you know this but uh, I'm a rapper in addition to all this other stuff that we do. Uh, and I have an EP coming out this weekend and I'm playing I'm throwing a release party at a friend's backyard and playing a show.
0: That's incredible. Yeah,
2: and it's like for me it's I mean, I'll have to still do it on Saturday, but It is this like really huge personal achievement for me because I personally went from a point of like I used to bury the fact that, you know, rapping was something that I did because I was kind of like not totally confident in my abilities and um, just, I don't know, it just wasn't something I was like comfortable telling people about. And then over time you start to surround yourself with the right people, um, you start to you know, talk to certain people about it and then that confidence builds up. Um, and then last year I did my first ever like show, which was just at this same guy's apartment, just doing like a 20 minute set um, just, you know, in front of like a group of like 30 people. But it was still like cool to say like, oh yeah, I've performed in front of a live audience before. And you start to just like little by little, you start to just like build little like steps or increments of confidence to where now it's like something that I, you know, I just made business cards and and wrapper is on my business card. Um, but that's not, that's something I never would have thought to do or would have been embarrassed to do a few years ago. Now it's at the point where it's on my business card and like you know I'm inviting tons of people to this party and like you know I'm emailing everyone saying like hey my EP's coming out this weekend. Like you can download it for free on this page, all that stuff. Um, and for me I think it's just kind of it's kind of like refreshing or, or I don't know what you call it self-affirming.
0: You're actually out. putting yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. And as as you know, as a rapper, which I, I feel like I personally didn't know. So I feel like. <laughs> well, and Lisa's rapper too. There a you go. go. Got- <laughs> I'm not to the point where I wanted to like exactly. let you know MC, that MC yet. Right. Russell, you guys
2: haven't right.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but and like what's what's crazy is you know I was just telling Martin about this before we got on this call was, um, so much has to do with like your mindset and your. Um, you know, I don't know too much about the whole concept of law of attraction, but, you know, let's just make a generalization and it's like when you think good thoughts, good things happen to you kind of thing mm-hmm. um, to really oversimplify it. But just on that, you know, in that vein, um, last weekend I went to a show at Double Door in Wicker Park in Chicago and it was this. it's this local hip-hop band named Sidewalk Chalk, which is, you know, they're like one of my favorite um, artists that are out there. They're kinda of like Chicago's version of the roots.
1: Yeah, first things first, my bird brain's bursting at the same sidewalk. chalk flew in so rapidly, magically appear on street after street. Don't just make tracks, but we weave tapestries. You can grab your binoculars, take a gander. We bout to take off, so don't gape claw or stand there. We free and cage birds out of the state. Till every cell in attic is open by Atticus Finch. Don't be mad at the rapid ascent, though I could imagine you taking a back. by the left. We birds of passage, we ain't passing fit. We taking off cause it's our time So I'm concerned with them buzzards and them vultures on the power lines I'm
2: glad I found y'all Yeah, You seem to answer my call uh-huh. To get up and stand tall and express myself
1: Yeah, the sound just fits like chalk on a pavement oh. The baddest state, this is the start of fatty's basement yeah, We took yeah. it from the sidewalk, moved it to the stages The sound is eclectic, the groove is contagious
2: Sidewalk Chalk, I first saw them two years ago at a startup's, like, whatever, they were throwing like, a one-year, like, anniversary party, so they just held, like, a party at their space, and Sidewalk Chalk played a show, and since it was, like, an office space, everyone was very accessible, so Martin was there with me, and I... I tell him, I'm like, man, and then again, this is two years ago. I'm like, man, every time I see something like this, I'm always thinking to myself, ah, oh, it'd be so cool to be up there. But I've never I've never been up there. And then Martin's like, So why don't you like, why don't you put yourself up there? And I'm like, nah, I don't know, I'm not ready. I'm still working on songs. And he's like, Bullshit, like, why don't you put yourself up there? I'm like, uh, oh, maybe. But then after the show, you know, they stopped after Sidewalk Shock finished, I went and talked to Rico, who's the rapper of Sidewalk Shock, and I was like, hey man, I just wanted to let you know, like, this was really inspiring. Every time I see something like this, it makes me, you know, like I, you know, I'm an aspiring rapper and I've recorded songs, but I've never performed. And I see something like this, and it makes me want to get up there and, and perform too. And he's like, so why don't you get up there and perform? And and I'm like, oh damn. And and I'm like, I've never felt like I'm ready for it. And he's like like, you'll never be ready. Uh, I host this open mic uh, second Monday of every month, it, which was like the following Monday, yeah, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the key you'll never be ready. Right. You'll never be ready. We'll never be 100% ready to have a flawless podcast that always goes well, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> uh, we'll never be ready to just think no one's ever fully yeah. ready. So you Particularly on your
0: that. own standards, because you're your worst critic. I right. mean, you're. You're not the one to, you know. Everyone else might enjoy what you're doing. That doesn't mean you're perfect, and you don't have to be.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So he's like, yeah, like I host this open mic, you know, every other, you know, once a month. You should, like, why don't you come to it? And I'm like, all right, man, I'll think about that. And then, like, you know, we, you know, we, we part ways or whatever. And then I turn around, and Martin's like, I'm putting out the challenge because he was, he had overheard the conversation. He's like, I better see you at that open mic next week. And I'm like, all right, okay, I think I can do that. Got to do it. And, you know, lo and behold, I went to it the next week and it was like this really you know, I was nervous as hell, but it was this really cool experience. And the second I got off the stage, I was like, oh, my God, I like that was so cool. I can't wait till the next time I can do that. So and here we are two years. later. Right. Yeah. So here we are two years later where I'm actually now doing my own show. And you're it's just someone's like I'm just inviting people to someone's backyard and playing a show. But it's still a show. Right. Um and last Friday, I'm going to Wicker Park to see Sidewalk, Ch- Sidewalk Chalk play. And as I'm walking out of my apartment, I'm like a block from my place. And I bump into Rico, the, si- the rapper of Sidewalk Chalk. He's like <laughs> he's out there filming a music video because they're not going on for another three or four hours. <laughs> and I was like and, and, I, and I bumped into him every now and then. So we kind of know each other like you know, we don't know each other well, but we know each other. And I was like, yo, Rico, what's up, man? It's, like, Raj. And he's like, yeah, yo, hey, how are you? Uh, and I was like, good, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm filming a music video. And, uh, and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, wait, actually, I'm going to see your show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm crashing your radio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyways, we just kind of, like, caught up for a couple minutes. Like, all right, man, I'll see you later tonight. And then right outside the door of Double Door, like, four hours later, like, I bumped into him again, like, right before he went on. But I just thought, like, for me, that felt like this, like, true, like, uh, full circle moment where the guy who like helped me get on stage in the first place, I bump into him a week before launching my own show, uh, you know, two years later. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And that's that whole, you know, it's, it's the baby steps. Right? Yeah,
1: well, and that's, it's also surrounding yourself with people that push you. So I'm, right. I'm kind of curious, like, uh, Lisa, like, are there people, because you do some pretty amazing things. So like, who in your life, are the people that, I mean, outside of yourself, obviously, who, who pushes you to chase your ambition?
0: Oh, that's, I mean, that's a big and, that's a big question. Um, I think that it's absolutely all about surrounding yourself by people that push you. And I think that that was one of the first things that came to mind as I listened to you tell your story, Raj, is the fact that, you know, how amazing it must be to have had, you know, Martin there for you in that moment and to still have him there supporting you to see this come to reality now and to see that he's still, you know, there supporting and pushing you uh, and, and cheering you on. And we, ju-
2: we just fist bumped each other. Over
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there. I do too. Um, that, that's just incredible. And so, you know, good for you guys to have, you know, it's incredible to have that relationship and that, um, you know, support structure in place. And I think that, um, it, in my life, I've I've always had people that push me and encourage me as well. And I think that it's odd because I think that over time, um, who that is has actually evolved. Um, you know, early on, I think it was, you know, more peers and a bunch of, a bunch of uh, women in Chicago that were early in the tech scene. We were all kind of, you know, trying to figure it out together. And at the time they were, you know, kind of my um, support structure and the reason that I, I pushed so hard because I was like, we're in this together. We're going to, you know, it's not just about my business, but we're kind of growing and changing the scene collectively. And that was really important to me. Um, and it's kind of evolved. And, you know, now I have relationships with um, a couple of, uh, really awesome investors and people who are higher up in the in the industry that push me even further now. And I think it's just because as I've grown as a person and grown through my businesses, um, the people and the level of person that I need to continue to push me up has has evolved. Um, but I can't imagine what I would have done if I hadn't found those mentors and those people who you know you can you have to be able to connect with someone at just a real raw and and um, honest level to be able to take their advice and not take it personally and to build that relationship where you both are comfortable enough saying, okay, you know, calling each other out on things and, you know, pushing each other's buttons and like, you know, challenging each other. And, um, yeah, so I mean, I think that it's so important. and I think that, you know, not only is it important, but it's important to always be looking for those new people to continue to do it because I think it evolves as you continue to grow.
2: It's funny that I, I think the pushing aspect of it is so, is so key. Uh, I was, I just watched the movie Whiplash last night. Have you seen that? Yeah. Which I thought was amazing. It is. And when, um, what's the teacher's name? Fletcher. He tells the drummer Neiman, he's like the two most, um, what does he say? The two most um, damaging damaging words in the English language are good job. And that's not to say that like you shouldn't be like supported in that sense because he's obviously the extreme of pushing people. But, you know, I, I kind of agree with the message that like you got to like be called out on your bullshit when you're bullshitting. And you got to have people around you who aren't going to just be OK with, with, with OK or with, with good or good enough. They want you to be great.
0: Well, and the hope is that those are the people that see the true potential in you and that they're not, you know, they're not just pushing you for the sake of pushing you. They're pushing you for the sake of, you know, because they believe in you and see you at a bigger and better place. Mm -hmm. And, you know. While while the movie, you know, <laughs> was an extreme character, it's, you know, hopefully the people that you're surrounding yourself by are a little less uh, <laughs> damaging. Yeah, I mean, we're not throwing
2: chairs or symbols <laughs> at each other or, or getting hit by semis just to be able to yeah. fulfill and, each other's and obligations. And I find
1: that movie fascinating because we were talking about it earlier and, and the takeaways of who wins at the end, whether it's mutual winning or the teacher wins. What's or what, Who wins. do you
2: think, Lisa, who do you think wins, the drummer or the teacher by the end of the movie?
0: Oh, um, you know, I just hope it's the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like after all of that, please just let, please just let you.
2: Okay, spoiler alert for the listeners. I guess without well, actually saying what happens in the movie, we're just gonna we're I'm not, our- I think
1: we 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 are going to just leave it a little ambiguous, and I'm gonna say I think the teacher won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but go watch it because it's an Oscar movie. So like seriously, yeah, it's amazing. Exactly, um, exactly. No, but I think there's something in all of this which kind of going back to what you were saying, Lisa, about your group changing over time and seeking out new people to challenge you as you go. Because um, we've talked about the average of five before and people think, oh, that's a static thing. Uh, you choose five people and you go through life with them together. And that, there may be a group of five people that that happens with or one person or whatever, but there's always a fluctuation of different interests having different people supporting different things. Um, and so those kind of go in and out. And then on top of that, the fact that um, you were you were kind of with people who had this high standard for themselves. So when it comes to pushing, they're pushing you even when they're not when you're not thinking that they're pushing you. So when they're not focused on you saying, you need to go do this, just by the fact that you're next to them as they're doing something amazing, you're put you're like, oh crap, I gotta keep up. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like the pull as well as the push. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I, I remember our conversation with Ben. He was saying he went to that uh, on a,
2: on our yeah on our account, on yeah on episode the future four.
1: episode. Uh, no, that's past episode four. <laughs> no, well, all right. Anyway, yeah. uh, so <laughs> I'm getting all mixed up with our order. But <laughs> basically, what he was saying was he went to an event and uh, everyone there was like you know millionaires and models and all these crazy people and he was just like standing there being this, you know, engineering guy. And he was just with his blog and he was like, well, this makes me want to step up my game a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it really is like, even if you go to some, you know, more extreme pe- places where you've lost everyone, you know, around you, um, in in and you put yourself in such a widely different place. You put yourself so far out there that you're just in a completely different pond that gives you a perspective on the world, um, that's so radically different than what you're, you're steeped in every day that it can really push what your sense of self could be too. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And much, much like you said earlier, you're talking about, you know, politics and, you know, these things that, you know, where we, we meet people and we have to be careful not to just bucket them based on that because there's like those key issues. I feel like, you know, as those life experiences happen, to help define those decisions. Your passions change as well. Like y- th- where you see yourself changes as well. Like um, what you want to be known as changes. And so, you know, like you, Raj, you're putting yourself out there. You know, as as a, a rapper now. And so, it's um, it, that that might not have been something you were comfortable with, you know, four years ago. Um, but it's changed, and so it's like you know, you're you're seeing a bigger potential future for yourself, a different identity for yourself, a wider, you know, um, breadth of, of personality. And so I think that you can't have one person that lifts you through all those things. You know, you're the guy who leads you with, you know, your finances is not going to be the same guy who's going to support you in your, you know, rap endeavors. And so you have to kind of, you know, you have to kind of like spread it out and just make sure that where you're looking to grow is where you're, where you're surrounding yourself the most.
1: Well, that's where really you're wrong, because Jay Z is my both my favorite <laughs> yeah. and my. I, I, I definitely
0: had it all wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see when his music platform crashes.
2: Exactly. Yeah, what title? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah, and I think yeah, the the key thing really is that interests change, passions change, things you're pursuing change, but it's still you behind it at the end of the day, yeah. and you find ways to make it you, regardless of what you're doing.
0: And you just continue to take risks and continue to put yourself out there in new ways. I mean it's just like it's never over. Right.
2: It's like remember that movie Down to Earth with Chris Rock? Did you see that? Yeah. Did you ever see that, Lisa?
0: I don't know. Oh no. <laughs>
2: it's like this movie where he's like a stand up comedian, but like he like gets hit by a car in the first ten minutes, so he, gets he put dies. In old bridge so he gets right, like by. Yeah, he like comes back to earth but he like takes the body of like an old white dude. Yeah. And like the angel in heaven is like The funny thing is, when you're not you, you're still you. And yep. that's a weird kind of way to relate to what we're talking about, but I Meanwhile, think Meanwhile, if you rings gave
1: to, an old white guy Chris Rock's personality, he would just get his ass kicked. Yeah. immediately. Well, that happens in the movie because he's singing <laughs> oh, the DMX <laughs> Rough Riders anthem as oh, this old right. white dude,
2: white dude, and he gets punched <laughs> in the it's face. In a few years. <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah, no, I. But going back to that, exactly what you said, which is, it's always you. So I, even though your groups might change, your mentors might change, people you surround yourself with might change. There's. Probably because they're all people that you've selected to bring into your life, a common theme through those people, of the type of person that they are mm-hmm. and why they're there. They might be at different levels, have different interests, have different skills and experiences, but there's probably something core in what you guys believe together. Yep. Um, that that you know, you might take someone that you met in LA, introduce them to someone in Chicago, and they'll be best friends, right? So. Okay.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: First time I set eyes on you. Some about the chance to not bring to
2: feel again. Something about the change. Okay, so before we wrap up, uh Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about pitch training camp and, and, and how things are going there.
0: Oh, Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so pitch training camp. We, I'm actually, it's, it's super exciting because right now I'm wrapping up. Um, we have two more weeks left in our eight week series. We do like an online eight week series a couple times a year. And it's just incredible because I'm finally at this point where we've been working with these early stage entrepreneurs to help them craft their pitch and they've come so far where we've gotten past the, you know, the pitch script and delivering and like getting comfortable delivering and we've gone on to like visuals and follow-up. So I've just seen them evolve and it's just like, it just gives me chills because I'm so excited to see how far they've come. Um, And we're at the end where we're like kind of wrapping up and, you know, I don't know. It's just always fun to like set them free and say, okay, go pitch, do, you know, go do what I you know, taught you to do, but like make it a thing, you know, raise money, you know, get the big contracts, whatever they're looking to do depending on their circumstances. But so it's super exciting. And then this summer we're launching a weekend workshop series. So we're actually going to be in five different cities and traveling around and doing just really intense weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sundays in five different locations. So people can just get quick bangs. And, um, super excited to do that because I get to meet so many great entrepreneurs every time we do that, you know, 30, 50 at a time and just really change and, you know, hands-on work on their pitch scripts and, you know, their businesses for the weekend and so I'm looking forward to that and um, just super excited to to keep, I don't know, crafting pitches with these entrepreneurs. It's just an an amazing opportunity and um, I'm thankful to be doing it.
1: Absolutely. Do you have the cities locked down already?
0: Yeah, we do. So uh, I'm going to be doing one here in LA and coming back to Chicago uh, likely in July. Once I have those dates, I'll let you know. But And then um, we're going to Dallas, I'm going to Washington, DC, and Atlanta.
2: There you go. Awesome. Yeah. And it's it's pitchtrainingcamp.com, correct? It is. Yep. And then what about Twitter?
0: At P- it's pitch and then TC.
2: At pitch TC. Cool. Yeah. Lovely. So, 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 with the current, uh, let's call it cohort or current batch, you're at the point where it's like the last scene in Fly Away Home with Young Anna Packwood and and the.
1: The geese, yeah or the geese or duck it's geese right i have no idea what you're referencing are you, are you serious <laughs> this is like the first movie reference that you've thrown out that fly away no home idea. you didn't like have to watch that in second or third grade if i did i fell asleep <laughs>
0: it's i feel like movie. you have an amazing memory for old movies <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, No, really like random movies though like classics i don't but random movies I do. they may
1: have come out a long time ago it doesn't mean he doesn't watch them every night <laughs> <laughs> i don't.
2: Fly Away Home is where Anna Paquin is, is (laughs) she she mothers these these geese and gets them to fly away on their own. Like the spiders in Charlotte's Web? Basically, but (laughs) but humans, geese. (laughs) Anyways, okay, on that note, uh, to wrap things up, let's all go around and kind of give our answer to the question for this episode, which is,
1: how do you put yourself out there? Martin, you want to lead? Sure. I think the way that you put yourself out there is um, having certain people in your life that will force you to do it, even if they, you know, we've mentioned that we wouldn't have this podcast unless it was recorded without my knowledge. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's, there's the one side of having people that will just say, you're doing this, and if the choice is taken away, boom, you're doing it. Um, and that allows you to kind of overcome the fear. So have people help you overcome your fears.
2: My answer is, it, I think it's it's two things. It's having a that that to take from um, Professor Patrick Murphy, who is going to be on a future episode, is the ready fire aim approach. You know, put something out there and and tweak. Don't just spend forever planning and never never actually doing it. It's a combination of that and acknowledging that everything comes in baby steps and, and increments. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be the president overnight. You're not going to be the whatever, like the the top dog right away. It starts by just making, by getting started and just taking those first couple steps and then they build on each other. Lisa, how about you?
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And, and also it just makes me think, of, you know, they always say that um, everyone who thinks that you see these like overnight successes, and it's like no, they've actually been hustling for like ten right, years. Yeah. An you overnight know? success is like
2: a, <laughs> 10, ten years exist. of overnights.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and which is so true. Um, my answer for how to put yourself out there is just absolutely to not be led by fear and to avoid perfection. And I think that I say that because I know that I have the tendency to lean towards perfection and to delay delay because it can be better, it can be better. And so note to myself and note to everyone, it's just, you know, don't let fear drive your decisions or hold you back and to just, you know, like put yourself out there without worrying and and aiming for perfection, Um, much to your points, you know, little pieces at a time, perfect, they work well. And by the time you get to the point where you, you know, need to be anything near perfect, you know, everyone else is already thinking you're great, so. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And knowing cool people that will come back on your show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The real way to put yourself out there is to get,
2: a Macbook with with more updated software. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Lisa Russell, thank you for joining us again.
0: Thank this you, was, guys. This was a lot of fun.
2: Sure. All right, that wrapped up our conversation with Pitch Training Camp's own Lisa Russell to talk not once, but twice about how do you put yourself out there? If you want to learn more about Pitch Training Camp, head over to pitchtrainingcamp.com where you can learn all about Lisa and the work she's doing there. If you like what you heard in the episode, how about subscribing on iTunes and leaving us a rating and review? All right, let's run through the show credits real quick. Parts one and two of How Do You Put Yourself Out There included a clip from Titanic, the I'm Flying scene. Also included Sidewalk Chalk's song Birds of a Feather and the show's theme, which you hear right now, is Chris Leamy's Summertime, available on iTunes. That does it for this episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Thank you again to Lisa Russell for joining us, not once, but twice. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. You've been listening to Discover Your Inner Awesome. Until next time, we'll see you. (laughs) <laughs> when just the summertime time. na 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 na
1: na 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 na